The Sacramento Kings end their six-game road trip by doing something that no other team has been able to do this season. I'll explain and we'll break down this Kings 124-111 win in Minnesota right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. Again, apologies for another late podcast hours, hours after the Kings win. Uh, I was once again out covering uh, high school football here, section championship football here uh, in in Sacramento. But I had to rush back to the station because I could not wait to talk about this Kings win. Not just because they did something that no other team has done before, which I'll get to, uh, or at least this season, which I'll get to here in just a second, but because of what a tremendous win this is. Like I, I don't think this win can be overstated or over-exaggerated, maybe to some extent. Like It's not a win that, that suggests the Sacramento Kings are a championship contender or anything like that, so I'm not going to go that far. But this was a really, really good win. Not necessarily a needed win for the Sacramento Kings, but just a really solid win. What did the Kings do that no other team has done this season? They went into Minnesota, into the Target Center, and they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. The T-Wolves came into this game 11-3 and on the season. They have been maybe the best story of the league so far. And they have not lost, or at least coming into tonight, they had not lost a game at home. And what's crazy is not only have they been winning at home, they've been demolishing at home, beating their opponents by an average of 17 points per game inside the target center. The T-Wolves have been unstoppable on their home floor. The Kings coming off of back-to-back tough losses to the New Orleans Pelicans, featuring one, a blowout, and the second game where the Kings came back down big, had a chance to win it at the end, and kind of fell apart and let it get away from them. The Kings respond to those back-to-back losses by handing the T-Wolves their first home loss of the year and doing it pretty comfortably, 124-111. to Now, this, this game was a roller coaster. I would say... For the most part, the Sacramento Kings were in full control. And when the Kings weren't in control, it wasn't the Timberwolves that were in control. It was the NBA officials. The officiating in this game, particularly in the first half, was just absolutely abysmal. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So not only do the Kings beat the Timberwolves and hand them their first home loss of the season... They take their one of their longest road trips of the year, a six-game road trip, and they come home with a 4-2 and two record in those six games. Now, for most teams, going 500 on the road is a good thing. You'll take going 500 on the road. Obviously, Kings, they have higher expectations. Mike Brown breaks his, uh, his season down into five-game chunks, and, and the expectation is for the Kings to go 3-2 uh, uh, and two minimum over those five games, but 4-1 and one or even 5-0 and oh, uh, is where this Kings team wants to get to consistently. So I wouldn't say that Mike would have been pleased or uh, overly happy if the Kings lost tonight 
and went home to Sacramento with a 3-3 three and three road trip. But the fact that they started out the road trip with the win in Los Angeles uh, and, and, and won their first three games at least secured the fact that the, at, at bare minimum they would come back to Sacramento going 500 on that trip, which most people would consider a good road trip, especially a long road trip, right? Well, the Kings bring home a 5-2 and two record, uh, excuse me, a 4-2 and two record over those six games back to Sacramento. That's a really, really big deal for this Kings team. Sacramento was actually a really good team on the road last year. I think this season they're now at 500, I believe 5 and 5 at home uh, on the road and and the beginning part of their schedule is very road heavy. And here the Sacramento Kings are, 9 and 6 through their first 15 games, 5 and 5 on the road, defending home floor well. Like this is what this is the start that we wanted to see from Sacramento cuz some were concerned that because of the schedule, because of the amount of road games, the amount of uh, matchups with teams like the Warriors and, and, and back-to-backs against uh, the same opponents, like there was some concern when the schedule was released that, hey, maybe this could be a little bit of a rocky start for Sacramento. To some extent, it did get off to a rocky start, but the Kings have overcome it. They've battled through injuries. They had no Keegan Murray tonight. They get a big win to wrap up this road trip. They now sit at the top of West Group C. They've been at the top of West Group C in the in-game, uh, in-season tournament, but now they're alone at the top. They're the only 3-0 team. The Warriors and Timberwolves are both 2-1. Actually, I think the Thunder are 2-1 as well, if I'm not mistaken. No. Maybe not. I know the Timberwolves are, and I know the Warriors are. So there is still a chance that the Kings don't win the group and advance to the knockout rounds. There's still a chance. It's, it's, it's pretty difficult because... The Kings would have to lose to the Warriors, and the Warriors would have to beat the Kings in points differential, or the Timberwolves would have to win their final game, uh, and the Kings lose, and the Timberwolves would have to beat the Warriors and the Kings in point di- uh, differential. So if the Kings win on uh, on Tuesday against the Golden State Warriors, it's uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Kings are, are winning the group and advancing to the knockout stages. If they lose, depending upon how bad they lose, they could be moving on or they could be out. Or at least they, I don't know if they're going to be in the running for a wild card team or not. I'm not looking that far into the in-season tournament, if I'm being honest with you. I'm enjoying it. Clearly, the Kings are taking them seriously and playing very hard. It also helps that these games count towards the regular season, so the Kings are treating them like they normally would anyway. But I'm having fun with this tournament. Now, there are so many different aspects of this game that I want to talk about. Of course, I want to talk about how the game started. Of course, I want to talk about the fouls. I want to talk about De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis' big nights. We're going to get into all that, plus the big night of the bench. Like, there's a lot from this game that I want to break down. But I actually want to share with you what was my favorite part of the game. And it was the third quarter. Now, some of you watching may have gone, Matt, the third quarter was the most boring quarter in the game. Because the Kings scored just 22 points, and the uh, Timberwolves scored just 15 points. So how in the world, when the Kings scored... Over uh, 30 points to, to start the game were red hot from three-point range. Uh, the, both the Kings and T-Wolves, I think, scored 32 points each in the fourth quarter. Like, how in the world can a 22-15 to 15 quarter be your favorite quarter? It's because of the context of it, right? I think your eyes will naturally go to the 15 if you're looking at the box score and see the Kings holding an opponent to 15 points in a quarter. That's fantastic. And rightfully so. But it's not just that they held their opponent to 15 points. It's how they did it. Because... 
that first half was going on, right, the Kings got off to a really, really good start shooting the basketball, built a 22-point lead. Over the course of the second quarter, that 22-point lead got chipped away down to six, which is what the Kings led, I think it was 70-64 at halftime. A large reason for that comeback was because of the officiating. The, the, the T-Wolves had a 17-2 free throw advantage at halftime. I don't need to go into it very much. You, If you watch the game or listen to the game, you could probably tell how ridiculous and one-sided it was. Whether you're a conspiracy theorist out there who thinks that the NBA was trying to keep the game close because it's in-game tournament or whatever. like If you want to believe that, I'm not going to try and uh, support that or talk you off that ledge. I'm certainly not in agreement with the people who are, who are thinking that the NBA would want the Minnesota Timberwolves to win over the Sacramento Kings. I think that's silly, just like I thought the Golden State Warriors fans during the playoffs were complaining that the NBA was helping the Kings beat the Warriors. Like, that made any sense. The Warriors of the dynasty, the Warriors of the draw. Why in the hell would the NBA want the the Kings to to, to win and beat the Warriors? Why in the world would the King the NBA choose the Kings over, or choose the Timberwolves over the Kings, or vice versa? Like, why? They're too solid, fun, up-and-coming teams. It's not like the Kings were playing the Lakers or the Kings were playing the Nuggets or a, a super-established, high-market-value um, high team that the NBA would want to showcase. So I'm not, I'm not going down that rabbit hole of conspiracy theories or things like that. I just think it was a very poorly one-sided, officiated game. Anthony Edwards was getting fouled and getting the calls every time someone would breathe on him when he was on the attack. Meanwhile, De'Aaron Fox, who is a better player than Anthony Edwards and is uh, is more of a veteran in the league than Anthony Edwards is, De'Aaron Fox can't get those calls. Anthony Edwards sure as hell can. Anthony Edwards got all the star treatment from the officials. De'Aaron Fox absolutely did not. So the T-Wolves were allowed to stick around, and the Kings got very frustrated in the second quarter because of that officiating. So why do I love the third quarter so much? Because... The Kings came out of the gate, and they stayed physical. They didn't allow how the refs were officiating the game to dictate the way that they were going to play. They came out of the gate. Trey Lyles said they stopped complaining. They came out of the third quarter. They played physical defense. They uh, they uh, they met the T-Wolves blow for blow, especially around the rim. They, they continued to play physical. If it was a foul, it was a foul. If it wasn't, it wasn't. The Kings did not change the way that they played and did not allow the officiating or anything the, the, the T-Wolves were doing or the crowd or any uh, aspect, they did not allow, allow anything to knock them off of their game or stop them from playing the way that they wanted to play and needed to play in order to take back control. They did take back control, ended up winning this game because of it. I thought that third quarter was fantastic for Sacramento. Was a very mature quarter for Sacramento. I think that was a clear and obvious sign of how this team has improved and how they are turning slowly from good to great. Really pleased with that third quarter. Of course it helps when you were shooting the ball as well as the Kings did. Of course it helps when Demata Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are playing the way that they did. We'll break all that down here in the next segment. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast, like I said at the top of the show, is brought to you by Game Time. This is the number one ticket buying app for you out there. Forget all the others, and there are a bunch out there, and maybe those uh, ones that you go to religiously. Give Game Time a try, and don't be surprised at all when Game Time becomes the number one app that you use. Not just for 
Kings tickets or sporting event tickets. They have tickets uh, to comedy shows, to theatrical productions. They have tickets to concerts as well. Like if there's a, events, a venue with tickets, chances are you're going to find them available on game time, which means you're also going to find great last minute tickets. The game time flash deals that cannot be beat. There's zone deals too. It's easy to find all the events and the tickets for the events that you are looking for. You get amazing views of what the stage or the field or the court or whatever is going to look like from your seat. Extremely accurate views too, not just like a zone, like this is kind of what your view is going to be. No, it's like this is what your view is going to be from the row that you're sitting at. I know I've told this story before. I went and got last minute tickets through game time to go and watch a San Francisco Giants game with my wife. Uh, it was during one of the off nights when the Kings and, and Warriors were playing in the uh, NBA playoffs. And I got last-minute tickets. We sat like maybe eight or nine rows off the field behind the Giants' dugout. We got a flash deal last second. We paid, in total, like 45 bucks. It's incredible. That's just an example of the deals that you can get on Game Time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Especially with Keegan Murray missing his second straight day with the, uh, the the lower back injury that he's dealing with, I should say second straight game, it was nice to see Sacramento establish that outside shot early. They were red hot from three-point range, and it wasn't just one or two guys. Like Kevin Herter came out of the gate shooting really, really well. Uh, like Kessler Edwards came into the game, hit a three. DeMontis Sabonis hit a three in the first quarter. Malik Monk came into the game, had a, hit a couple threes. Trey Lyles came into the game, hit a couple threes. Like the threes were falling for Sacramento, and it was great to see. And every when I was watching this, all I was thinking about was, let this open everything else up for you. Like, if the if the threes were falling the same way against the New Orleans Pelicans, it would have done wonders for the struggles that they had to break down the Pelicans' interior defense and the physicality that they played guarding the paint. Like, when, when the Kings, who are as lethal of a three-point shooting team as we know they can be, when they're shooting the ball well, there's nothing a defense can do. They have to step out and defend three-point shooters better. They can't bite on uh, on passing lanes or or, or, or chase uh, cutters so hard or try and lock down the paint as much and, and, and load the box. Like They have to spread the floor or they're going to get torched from the perimeter. So, of course, that opens up space for De'Aaron Fox to work. That opens up space for DeMontis Sabonis to work. So I'm thinking, okay, Kings, you're, you're shooting lights out from three-point range. What I don't want you to do is now put up an, a, a massive abundance of, th- of threes and either shoot an incre- have an incredible shooting night or you cool down and now you're stuck, right? And more than likely, when you get off to that good of a shooting st- uh, uh, start, it's hard to sustain that over the course of an, uh, a 48-minute game. So my thought was, now that you've established yourself from the perimeter and it's not just one or two guys, it's basically everybody, now get to the rim. Use that to open up space on the inside. Beat the Timberwolves in every level on offense. Because once you beat them on every level, they it's like pick your poison, and it doesn't matter what they pick because it's going to be wrong because the Kings are going to have their confidence and find their way to score. And the Kings did that. So they, they shot 48% from three-point range as a team. Just phenomenal. 17 of 35. But the number that should jump out to you there is not the 17 made threes or the, the, the 48%. It's the 35 attempts. 35 attempts is one of the lower uh, attempts numbers for the Kings this season by a pretty significant margin. Like, the Kings are usually putting up in the mid-40s. 
So how is it on a night where they were shooting 48% as a team, how is it they were only shooting 35 total threes? Because they were getting to the rim. They were scoring in the paint. The Kings outscored the uh, the, the Timberwolves 58-42 to 42 in the paint. I love that. They established that three-point shot, opened up the defense, attacked, 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 attacked to where even with the three ball falling at a high clip, they didn't rely on it and didn't need it in order to win this game. Now, a lot of their points in the paint, of course, came from two guys in particular, De'Aaron Fox and Domantas Sabonis. I'm actually going to start with Domas. 15 points, 11 rebounds, five of them offensive, five assists, two steals, three blocks. Just another Domas stat line. Now, that's like five, almost six points less than Domas is averaging per game. Domas didn't have to score more than 15 points for the Kings to win this game. And just because he only scored 15 points didn't mean he didn't dominate this game because he had Rudy Gobert's number from the get-go. There is nothing that Rudy Gobert could do against Fox, could do against Sabonis. Like... The fact that the two of them scored and had the, the the efficient nights that they had around the rim and, and scored the amount of points in the paint that they did, the, the two of them basically scored the, the vast majority of the points in the paint for Sacramento tonight. The fact that they can do that with a shot blocker and multi-time defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert down there suggests how much they took Gobert out of his game. Like, Domas was chewing up and spitting out Rudy Gobert. Now remember, this is the Rudy Gobert that certain tier lists, center tier lists this offseason had Rudy and Sabonis on the same level, or even, dare I say, Rudy on a higher level than DeMondis Sabonis. Ha, yeah, good one. Domas destroyed Rudy Gobert tonight, and it was great to see. The Kings finished with 26 second-chance points as a team. A lot of those were from Domas himself, and of course came from Domas and his offensive rebounding. De'Aaron Fox. MVP Fox. 36 points. 14 of 32 from the field. That's a lot of shots, Fox. Seven rebounds. One steal. Only two turnovers. I saved the best number for last. 12 assists. In a game where De'Aaron Fox didn't play 40-plus minutes, he played his his typical in the the mid-30s, he took 32 shots. He still collected 12 assists. Part of that is because the Kings were knocking down their three-point shots, which is always helpful. The other part is... Just because De'Aaron Fox decides he's going to take 32 shots, just because Fox feels the need to to step up and shoot more and try and score more and, and carry the Sacramento Kings at times, doesn't mean that he becomes tunnel-visioned and selfish and doesn't get his teammates involved. Right there, Fox can shoot the vast majority of the shots for a Kings team, or at least have the have the highest number of anybody else on the team, and he can still lead the team in assists and reach double figures. Like, It's great to see a game like that from Fox. He was excellent. He was going toe-to-toe with Anthony Edwards. Again, Edwards was getting all the calls that De'Aaron Fox was not for some reason. Makes absolutely no sense. And my maybe my favorite moment of this game for De'Aaron was in the second quarter when the the Wolves are making their comeback and, and the Kings are just getting beaten up in terms of fouls. Like they're just getting absolutely obliterated in this in in, in foul calls. De'Aaron steps up hits a straightaway three, turns to the ref and says something. No idea what he said, but probably it was along the lines of blow the damn whistle or like you, even if you're going to call like call a foul on that or, or something like that. Like I'm sure De'Aaron deserved the tech that he got, but I don't care. Get that tech, Fox. Absolutely get that tech. Let him know. Let him hear you. You're the leader of the team. You're the star. You should be getting similar treatment to that of Ant. And I'm not saying that Ant's not a star. 
I'm just saying if you're going to give star calls, give calls to both stars on the floor going at one another, or don't give star calls at all. You can't choose one over the other like the referees were doing, especially in that first half. So I love that De'Aaron Fox said what he had to say. And I don't know if that changed the way that they were officiating the game. I don't know if it served any purpose more than Fox being issued a tech, but I, I, I saw that moment, and the first thing I thought of is, okay, Fox sent the message that he needed to send. Now it's on Mike Brown. Like, to me, it, it becomes, okay, Fox can't pick up another tech or he's ejected from the game. You're going to have a very hard time winning this game without both De'Aaron Fox and Keegan Murray, so you can't let Fox get tossed. He's clearly frustrated. He clearly doesn't like how the game is being officiated, how he's being officiated. From this point on, if I see him get frustrated again or I think the foul calls are still going against him when they shouldn't or he's not getting the calls that he deserves on the other end, I, as head coach Mike Brown, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to get the tech. Hell, I might even get tossed if that's what's needed to get the message across while also protecting my star point guard. Now, thankfully, that didn't have to happen tonight. The Kings handled their business in the second half regardless of the refereeing. But I saw that text from Fox. I thought it was a great way to start the message. Then I think it's on the coaching staff to kind of have his back there. I'm sure they would have. Again, it wasn't necessarily tonight, but I'm sure they would have. Fox was amazing. Sabonis was amazing. Just a great overall performance from the top two stars, which once again, nobody's talking about it, right? Like, hey, here's De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. Another, uh, like, the, uh, a dominant duo in the NBA. Once again, both of them having big nights, knocking off the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have been the one of the best teams in the NBA so far, handing them their first home loss of the season. It's crickets. Nobody's saying a thing. Nobody's tweeting a damn thing about De'Aaron Fox and, and, and DeMontis Sabotis. In fact, Bleacher Report is taking it a, a block from the fourth quarter when the game was over that Ant did on Malik Monk, cropping out the score so you can't see how bad the Kings are beating the T-Wolves and just showing the block as, oh, look what Anthony Edwards did. Ooh, look at this block that Anthony Edwards did. Meanwhile, you know, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, they're just going to win the actual basketball game. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NBA and NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So pick a money line that you like, pick a team. If that team wins and you cash in, doesn't matter what kind of money you made on the just the $5 bet. What matters is the $150 in bonus bets that you're getting to keep playing on FanDuel, and you can use that $150 on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can bet on the Sacramento Kings to win the, uh, the West Group C in the in-game tournament if you want to. You can bet on the Sacramento Kings to win the whole damn NBA Cup if you want to. Do that right now on FanDuel. There's so many fun ways to play. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's really no better time to get in on the action than right now. Now visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Before we wrap up, got to give some love to the Sacramento Kings bench. They were huge in tonight's game. 45 total points from the second unit in a game where De'Aaron Fox is dropping 36. DeMontis Sabonis is dominating Rudy Gobert and everybody's hitting threes. The bench comes in and says, hey, we want a piece of the pie. We want to be involved too. Malik Monk, 17 points off the bench. He was excellent. His assists were down. That's because De'Aaron Fox was handling that responsibility. Kessler Edwards had 10 points. I thought Edwards was awesome. Tonight, And I think Edwards has been doing a really good job making the most of his opportunities. But he, like, he's known as a defensive specialist. And he got times where he was assigned to handle uh, Anthony Edwards. And 
I don't know if anyone can really stop Ant, but he was making him work. I loved what Kessler Edwards was doing. I just think Kessler is doing a really, really, really good job making the most of his opportunities. Then there's Trey Lyles with nine points. Trey hitting three-pointers. God almighty, did we miss Trey Lyles here in Sacramento. Did we not? Like, he's just such a solid, consistent presence. He's an absolute perfect, perfect fit with the Kings. Absolutely perfect. And he comes in. He's knocking down threes, making his presence known immediately. I'm so glad to have Trey Lyles back. You had Davion Mitchell, who only scored five points, but Davion, uh, the five points that he scored were two buckets. I think they were back-to-back. He hit a straightaway three. Then he had a nasty crossover, step-back mid-range jumper that he hit. It was good to see him kind of show off that flare and flash that he has on the offensive end because he's a pretty good ball handler. And then, of course, did his thing on the defensive end, too, so it was good to see Davion play well. JaVale McGee had four points, including catching an oop from De'Aaron Fox. Really just good game for the bench. Really good game for the bench. Really good game for the Kings as a whole. That includes Harrison Barnes. Harrison has been having a really good road trip. And the Kings have needed Harrison to have a really good road trip with all the injuries that they've been dealing with. Injuries to Keegan, injuries to uh, Keon Ellis, who's still out, right? Like, the Kings have needed HB to step up. Tonight, he had 18 points, 7 of 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3-point range, really efficient shooting, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Over this road trip, he's averaging 14.5 points per game. That's three points increase on his average this season so far. He's shooting 45% from the field, 36% from three-point range, and he's gotten to the free-throw line 20 times, missed just two of them. He stepped up offensively. He stepped up with the scoring. I know defensively there's still problems with him. He's slowed down significantly as a defender, I think, compared to he used to be considered one of the best, if not the best defender on the Kings team. He's certainly not that anymore. He needs to get better on the defensive end and still makes a lot of mistakes on the defensive end. So do so many players on this roster. But sometimes the mistakes are pretty glaring from him. So I know the defense could have been cleaner on this road trip, of course. But offensively, I thought Harrison had a really, really, really good road trip. And that was a major reason why the Kings ended up going 4-2. and two. I'm excited for the Kings to come home. I'm not excited to watch the Kings and the Golden State Warriors play again. Damn it. Here we go again, Kings-Warriors Part 3. Are you sick of it yet? Who cares? We're going to give it to you because we're the NBA and we decide you need it before Christmas. So, here we go. Kings-Warriors, I guess, the West Group C on the line? Kinda? More importantly, like I just want to see the Kings find a way to finally beat the Golden State freaking Warriors. And if they're getting, hopefully Keegan Murray is back and because and, 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 the Kings are probably going to need him. Hopefully De'Aaron Fox keeps playing at this level that he's playing at and the supporting cast is good. I would really love to see, love to see a good Kevin Herter game against the Golden State Warriors where he's knocking down threes, he's grabbing rebounds, he's playing solid defense. I would love to see Kevin Herter get his confidence going against the Warriors because we know how much he struggled during that playoff series. Kings will be back home. It's going to be great to have them back in the Golden 1 Center. Hopefully... They can uh, start another win streak again, finally get a win over the Golden State Warriors, and you best believe if they do, I won't be too obnoxious, but I'll, I'll be a little bit obnoxious. I'm not going to lie. I'll be, I'll be a little bit obnoxious. I, I would really like a, a Sacramento Kings win over the Golden State Warriors, please and thank you. 
Uh, can I purchase that for Black Friday? How much of a discount is it? I already spent too much money today, but I'm going to spend more on a Kings win over the Golden State Warriors. I appreciate your support. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, an excellent Black Friday. Hope you got all the deals, ate all the turkey, and stayed safe, of course. I uh, can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Uh, the Kings are off for the next three days. They don't play again until Tuesday. I will have a podcast before that, though. Going to have a guest uh, uh, come in and join me. I'm still planning on doing a podcast with a guest from the Chicago Bulls, too, to talk about Zach Levine and other potential targets for the Kings and if they are truly available in Chicago and what Chicago would want to get them. We'll have that conversation, so that's coming up as well. So please keep an eye out for that. I appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.